go through the 14 teams that made the playoffs but failed to reach the Super Bowl and spotlight one move that they must make in order to make the big dance, the big game next year. Basically, Hayden, uh, we are improving franchises in just three minutes apiece. Yep, I hope that we get the GM salaries attached to the people that make those decisions. <laughs> Brad Holmes set us up. Um, what I love about these shows, we have already done one with all the teams that failed to make the playoffs. I would say those are easier, Hayden, yes. because <laughs> we're trying to now uh, get these teams over the hump. And most importantly, I don't know what Hayden is going to bring to the table, vice Good. versa. And I'm also going to you know, give a little state of the franchise, cap space, picks that they have at the top of each team, too. All right, let's do it. And we'll kick it off with the Los Angeles Rams at pick number 19. They have $23.8 million in effective cap space. That takes the cap space you have, but then also subtracts how much you're going to have to pay to get the 53-man roster and also the rookies in your draft class. On top of the 19th overall pick, they have the 52 overall pick, the 83rd overall pick. They need a new defensive coordinator, though, Hayden Winks, because uh, Raheem Morris is off to the Atlanta Falcons. Well, the good news is they have a first-round pick. This is shocking. It's their first uh, first-round pick since 2016, back when I was in kindergarten, when they took Jared Goff. What I want them to do is they need to draft a left tackle. It's hard to find left mm. tackles on day two and day three where they've been drafting. They made some free, uh, free agency additions last year. Right guard Kevin Dotson come to mind. In the interior, they have second-rounder Steve Avila. He played uh, over 1,200 snaps at left guard. They have the right tackle already figured out. But for Matthew Stafford, he's getting up there in age. He's dealt with injuries. This pass game is what's so effective. And last year, they were just 21st in pass block win rate. They now have the opportunity to draft a left tackle, and there is room for improvement. So this is kind of the sweet spot of the draft. There's a lot of players kind of projected in this range at left tackle, and the Rams now have the draft capital to get it done. Yeah, they've basically reshuffled their offensive line over recent years since the retirement of Andrew Whitworth. In fact, some of the players that they could cut, like Brian Allen, who played just 34 snaps this year, Joe Noteboom played 573 snaps. They could combine for an extra $10 million in mm -hmm. salary cap. In order to do that, the player they had to bring back is Kevin Dotson. Yes. Um, he was their best offensive lineman as an interior offensive player. And I was actually stunned. I didn't know that they didn't draft this guy, Aiden. They actually Steelers. traded for him from the Pittsburgh Steelers just by, you know, giving the Steelers their fourth round pick, getting their fifth in return, fifth round pick, getting their sixth in return. So it's basically just effectively moving up two rounds. My question to you, is it too early to plan for a post Matthew Stafford life for the LA Rams? I mean, to me, they were just a couple plays away from being in the NFC conference championship, if not even beyond that. So let's postpone that. Like they're still all in. You still have Aaron Donald out there. You have, you've hit on a bunch of young players like JJ McCarthy. I've watched a lot of JJ McCarthy. I think that this is kind of the range where he would go in, but why? Like, let's throw something at this position just because I think this roster, I think is good enough to compete going next year. We haven't seen cap space and draft yeah. capital with this team for years to come. Let's save that discussion for another year. Yeah. I, I think, in these final few years of Matthew Stafford, it is still your window to win in a way. And especially if Les Need can get back in his horse uh, in terms of winning the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, and undrafted free agent territories, which we've seen the likes of Kobe Turner, we've seen yep. the likes of Byron Young and some of these players uh, be really pivotal defensive pieces. So the Rams are in this tricky spot. I will add, I'm low-key excited for Davis Allen for 2024 yes. now that Tyler Higbee is – 
uh, regrettably injured and is going to miss, I think, a chunk of the 2024 season. Because mm-hmm. in like the one or two games when he was called upon, uh, Davis Allen actually looked like an athletic tight end. And Jordan Rodriguez from The Athletic, she's been hinting that Davis Allen is the man over there. Uh, other last thing, I didn't want to bring this up because how do you even fix this? The Rams were 32nd special teams DVOA. So like you obviously don't spend a first round pick on that, but that's got to get better. Pittsburgh Steelers at pick number 20 are next. They also have pick 51, pick 84. Currently, they are $19.3 million over the cap. They have landed their new offensive coordinator this morning in Arthur Smith, former head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. Hayden, what move must they make this offseason? Well, the easy answer would be find a quarterback, but that's pretty difficult to do at 20th overall. Obviously, they draft they drafted Kenny Pickett. He hasn't really done much. They benched him. Mason Rudolph, they say he's a priority. He's a free agent, though. I think it's going to be hard to find like a meaningful upgrade. So assuming they can't do that, just keep hammering the offensive line. You drafted Broderick Jones. They moved him over to right tackle. You have a Isaac Sayamalu, a veteran up the middle. But I think that you can just keep upgrading to me, what Arthur Smith is good at, and you've seen that two different stops, he can make the most out of the offensive line. Not that the run game and both stops were very good. Obviously, you have players like B. John Robinson, Derek Henry, that's going to help you out there. But I think this offensive line needs help. They're going to use a lot of two tight end sets with Arthur uh, Smith, especially with Darnell Washington there. So I think the skill group is all figured out. You have two receivers, two tight ends, two running backs all set there. I think you got to keep addressing the offensive line and eventually some quarterback will fall into your lap, but I'm not sure if this is the spot to kind of go hunting for that just because it's kind of a winish now roster because the defense is so good. So I just default to the offensive line. Yeah. Arthur Smith was the butt of many jokes. I think there's two conversations to have one as a play caller and maybe more importantly, a run game designer. He's actually quite good and he should not be made fun of for that. Now, second part, he goes from Marcus Mariota, Desmond Ritter, and Taylor Heineke to potentially a quarterback situation that is Mason Rudolph and Kenny Pickett. Like, that is some terrible form of self-torture he's signing up for, you know? Spider-Man meme. So I am going to say the exact same thing that you did, where create a quarterback plan. Because you need to be competent on offense, which at portions of last season, it felt like the Steelers were not because they could not honestly – attack or target every single blade of grass, either whether that be over the middle of the field constantly with Matt Canada. But then there's two ways of doing that. Either do you suck enough where you can select a quarterback in the NFL draft? I'm not talking about this year, next Mm -hmm. year, obviously. That almost seems impossible with a Mike Tomlin-led team who somehow willed this team to, again, the 20th overall pick and in the playoffs. And if not that, is it Ryan Tannehill, who has a history with Arthur Smith? Or is it trading a second round pick potentially for the likes of Justin Fields? And even that somewhat kind of right. leads you in a direction with your future, even though you don't have to make a long-term decision mm-hmm. with a second round pick going the opposite way. Yeah, I think that Tannehill would be a good option. It, to me, it would be similar to like the Mason Rudolph thing. Yeah, Justin Fields would be an interesting conversation. It would make them at least have a chance for some upside there. Uh, but still, I, I think that the offensive line with Justin Fields, there'd be some problems with that as well. Uh, one note, last year, the Steelers were 28th in play action rate. Expect that number to climb heavily with Arthur Smith. Miami Dolphins pick number 21, pick 55. And they actually have no third round pick because of the tampering with Tom Brady from, I believe, a couple all seasons ago. They are $59 million over the cap. Hayden, they also need a new defense coordinator because uh, they and Vic Fangio 
parted ways amicably, amicably, yes. we're led to believe. Yes. <laughs> so what move, What or let's put it, multiple moves must the Miami Dolphins make this offseason in order, let's just say, to get cap compliant? Well, that's, to me, the problem here. Like, this is over the cap. Love them. If, they, if they're planning to, let's say, franchise tag Christian Wilkins, even if they do that to trade, now that number is $75 million over the cap. So we're going to be cutting a bunch of players uh, on this list already. So the bunch of the star defensive players are going to be gone. And even then, they're still looking for cap space. So this is a team where I think something is up. Is it a trade of Jalen Ramsey? Is Are they just going to punt a bunch of money to the future? And that's just to get back to cap compliance. And they still have this question about what to do with Tua. So my advice for them would be don't extend Tua. He can play this year for $23 million. The franchise tag is available the next year. That would be about $37 million. You can apply the second franchise tag for $45 million. I would rather take this thing one year at a time just because it's similar to the discussions we have with Jared Goff. He's good enough to get you to the playoffs, have a good defense. Sure, he's very accurate, could throw it on time, could play within the rhythm of the offense. Could he create a play? I'm not sure. Could he win on the road? I'm not sure. Could he win in December uh, when defense has started to adjust to this McDaniels offense? So I would rather stay, take this year by year to see if you can do the thing where you get the Matthew Stafford to upgrade Jared Goff like we saw with Sean McVay. So I want to take this one year at a time. But before we can get to those conversations, this team's going to be really kind of yeah. dicing up this roster just because of the cap situation. You're going to have to totally replenish the defense in order to get cap compliant. I mean, first, let's take some injured pieces that they have. Jalen Phillips, significant injury. Bradley Chubb, significant injury. So those guys, we don't know what their status is heading into 2024, right? Then at least you cut Emmanuel Ogba, cut Jerome Baker. Maybe you cut Zavian Howard in a post-June 1st to, yep. you know create $18 million in salary cap. That is a total of $42 million together. That's still not enough. So they have to do something. And I am, let's say, not a cap wizard or have never worked for the New Orleans Saints organization to understand how you can kick the can because they seem like they are in that same ballpark, mm -hmm. in that same frame of mind as the Saints of, okay, I don't know how this is going to happen. We're going to keep doing it and almost bring the band back together. What you're asking for is a very bold move. And I think it takes ownership buy-in to do it. And what we know from this ownership group is that they are massive fans of yep. Tua. And in fact, pick Tua over Brian Flores. Mm -hmm. Obviously, that has worked out because Mike McDaniel is a fantastic coach. And now you're asking Mike McDaniel to basically convince the ownership that, hey, in the long term, Tua can't be our guy. And so we have to really walk this weird and awkward line with him and the hopes that we can trade for someone in the future that is our Matthew Stafford equivalent. Yeah, but I think if you're like with the Giants, they extended him instead of using franchise tags. I think that you can kind of play a similar game, just go franchise tag all the way through. The franchise tag is there for a reason. Why not use it? And we talked about this in our free agency video. Connor Williams, Robert Hunt, those are the two yes. of the best at their position. Those are, those are free agents we haven't even talked about. We want to re-sign them. You want two behind a really bad offensive line i don't know how they're going to do this done so of all the 32 teams the team that's most on my radar if something weird could be happening to me would be the dolphins just because the way that the contracts are working out right now yeah and the christian wilkins either he is going to be one of the coveted pieces in free agency or you have to use the franchise tag on him i'm with you and teron armstead's another name who we're not exactly sure what the future is going mm -hmm. to be with him okay philadelphia eagles are at pick number 22, also have pick 50 and pick 53. 
if I read this correctly, I believe they have $16 million in effective cap space. They are similar to maybe the position that Sean McVay was in last offseason, where he has cleared house. He has cleaned house. And now you get a new offensive coordinator next to Nick Sirianni in Kellen Moore, which is right. a very different offense mm-hmm. than what this team ran last year. And a new defensive coordinator from the team that just picked ahead of them in Vic Fangio. So Hayden, what move must they make this offseason? Well, I think you have to address the defense first. And I think that the way that I would do this is just upgrade the weakest positions. I get it. Positional value. You want edge rushers galore. You want defensive tackles galore. But they are so bad at linebacker safety and then at nickel corner. Those are like the least valuable defensive positions. But those are the spots where a meaningful upgrade takes you from terrible to average, and I think that's the kind of spot we're in. They've invested so much capital to the defensive line. I think this is kind of the day two, maybe even this uh, first-round pick later in the in the draft. I think this is the t- opportunity to find that nickel corner, find that safety, find that linebacker. I know it's positions that they, they don't typically address, but we're talking about an upgrade from the league worst, basically, to league average. I think that's right. the kind of resources that they need to be willing to make right now. Again, you're asking Harry Roseman to do something that he's never done in his past. (laughs) And so uh, to me, that's almost a step too far. But I agree that that is a step they need to take because finally prioritizing the spine of your defense should make sense in 2024 when now the most efficient and effective passes and the tree that is producing so many great offensive coordinators just love to attack you over the middle of the field. And on top of that, the player you traded for in Kevin Byard might need to be cut because yeah. that saves you 13 of the $14 million mm-hmm. that he is, he is occupying. Um, I just don't know if Howie will change his stripes, like change his ways because look, we've seen mock drafts that go from February until April suggest that he takes a running back in the first round or takes this linebacker or this safety because it's a need. Mm-hmm. They've always been needs and mm-hmm. he just hasn't, tried to use early draft picks. Let's say first round, because obviously we have seen second, third round picks and the likes of Nicobe Dean and so on and so forth. But I also trust that Howie is very good at his job and understands that this is where the NFL is going. So Mm -hmm. I probably should look in the mirror, be reflective and understand that you can't just build a team the exact same way year after year, because actually you still have so many young players invested in the defensive lines, massive draft capital on the previous years. It sounds like the two outside corners are going to be back just because of how much money they invested into them. Which is crazy because at this time last year, there were major questions if they would even return to the team. Right, right. So they gave them kind of of like two-ish year deals. So they'll both be back. But maybe it's first round corner to get him in the mix, maybe slide him into the slot. And then you, on day two, draft linebackers and safeties and those type of positions. So yeah, there's typically not many first round linebackers. I don't think there is in this draft as well, but I think it's time to at least try at those positions. Also having a plan versus pressure. I know that Kellen Moore was in the mix for head coaching jobs last off season. And then now he's just an offensive coordinator that could be signed everywhere. I'm still a fan of Kellen Moore and I know Eagles fans and maybe some other people are just saying, well, this is Nick Sirianni's offense and they're going to run what they're going to run. And obviously it got taken advantage of because there was no answer to pressure, no answer to the blitz towards the later part of the season. Sirianni in his post-season press conference has basically said, I have to change. This yeah. has to change. And if we get some Kellen Moore-ness into this team that 
incorporates those explosive plays that incorporates a lot of slot work, mill the field work. Think of what they did with CD lamb and then Kellen Moore the last couple of years, both Devonte Smith and AJ Brown can mm-hmm. do that type of stuff. It just gives more answers for your yes. quarterback in those situations. You got to be able to handle the blitz. It's, it's the blueprint right now. Cleveland Browns should be at pick number 23. Uh, but in fact, they do not have it. That is going to the Houston Texans. But let's talk about the Browns right now because they do have pick 54. They do have pick 85. Currently, they are $20.6 million over the cap, and they do have a new offensive coordinator in Ken Dorsey. And Hayden, if I'm trying to read between those lines, Ken Dorsey has worked previously with Cam Newton. Ken Dorsey has previously worked with Josh Allen. Obviously, this team is locked into Deshaun Watson being their starting quarterback because of guaranteed money. And so if you factor in those two names and what maybe Deshaun has not done so far in his Browns tenure is have an athletic quarterback who hasn't played on time but can learn to play on time, maybe that is one reason why Ken Dorsey is brought in here because I actually am a big fan of Kevin Stefanski's play calling, Mm -hmm. and it would be a downer for me if he gives it up in any way. Yeah, I think it's still Kevin Stefanski's offense, but they need to get Deshaun Watson on the same page with Stefanski, and maybe that's exactly what Dorsey's going to do, be right in the middle. In terms of what I would do, I didn't really come up with a good answer. Like, they've already made their bed, you know? Like, they have no cap space. They already have a good roster around the quarterback. Like you said, they're picking, what, 58th overall. They don't have a first-round pick. They don't have cap space. So there's really – they're running back the team that they had last year and hopefully Deshaun Watson – with another offseason to learn the system more. Maybe Ken Dorsey adds a little bit more rushing elements to it. But to me, the problem when Deshaun Watson was out there was just playing within the rhythm of the offense and throwing the ball out on time. And he really struggled with that. The accuracy, I thought, wasn't the same as well. So I don't think there's a good answer except hope Deshaun Watson figures it out because that was the biggest, most guaranteed contract in NFL history. And if that doesn't work out, guess what? You're going to be stuck right in the middle of the NFL. Do you bring Joe Flacco back? Probably I, I'm guessing that Flacco's market's not going to be as big as we kind of right. think it is just because the age we, he got hot for a little bit, but he was also turnover prone. So sure. If you want to run it back, that's, that's fine with me, but I wouldn't like spend a bunch of money on it. Yeah. My answer is you have to be as explosive with Deshaun Watson as you were with Joe Flacco and also the balance of playing in rhythm and playing in the structure of the offense. That's not to say Joe Flacco was great. Mm-hmm. He was so much fun. He was electric, but as you said, he turned the football over on top of it. I will add the run game won't be as good as we have seen in previous Kevin Stefanski years if Nick Chubb comes back and is injured or if they just move on from Nick Chubb in order to get cap compliant, which is, I think, a potential outcome of this too. And so on top of that, is this now going to be a true pass-first offense like it was Mm -hmm. with Joe Flacco? And if that's the case, that is a huge change from what we have seen with non-Joe Flacco quarterbacks attached to Kevin Stefanski. That'll get me fired up to drafts more David Njoku, certainly. But yeah, the, yeah. the Nick Chubb stuff's going to be interesting. They can release him and save a lot of money. I think that the the best way to handle this, ask him for a pay cut. That's kind of what they did with Aaron Jones, for example, last year to keep him on the roster. Um, we'll see. Nick Chubb, it's a serious injury he's coming back from. But of all the humans in the world that can handle yeah. something like that, Nick Chubb is certainly at the top. And a s- smaller note here, they do have to almost rebuild the defensive line that's around Miles Garrett because a bunch of these guys are free agent. Maybe they come back, but like Jordan Elliott, Shelby Harris, Mo Hurst, obviously Zadarius Smith on top of that. And then I will be very aware and noticing if 
Bill Callahan goes with Brian Callahan to the Tennessee yes. Titans because Bill Callahan has done a magnificent job with whatever offensive line he has touched. And mm -hmm. the left tackle, right tackle, both went down for the Browns and they were playing like dudes off the practice squad and they were still playing competent football yep. where a lot of teams just cave. Yes. Cave. Okay. Sure. Dallas Cowboys are pick number 24. Um, Hayden, they are $22.8 million over the cap. As of right now, Dan Quinn is still up for interviews for head coaching positions. Uh, what move must the Mike McCarthy-led Dallas Cowboys make for 2024? Well, right before we went on, uh, Jerry Jones was at uh, down to the Senior Bowl, and he said that they're going to go all in on this year. They don't care about the future. Makes sense when you're <laughs> his age. Also scary, but if you look at it, the cap space, they are all in right now. And that's not even including long-term contracts with Micah Parsons, CeeDee Lamb, these types of dudes. So I'm curious what that means for Jerry Jones. Something intriguing, certainly. But if you look at just like the where the, the Cowboys ranked last year, they were top five, top ten in almost every single metric on offense and on defense. The one spot that was the most problematic to me was explosive runs. They were ranked 23rd in explosive runs. Tony Pollard was not able to get things done. Do you have to use the first round pick on a running back? Of course not, but you can upgrade some of the offensive line spots. A couple of them are getting a little bit older for some free agents out there. Money is tight. I think this would be a spot to try to find a Jonathan Brooks on day two. That's a running back out of Texas. Maybe they try to get aggressive and get Derrick Henry or something like yeah. that. But, uh, that was the one worst spot is just consistently moving the chains on the ground. That's the last part of the team building process that you need to iron out. But the, the Cowboys were very good. until the playoff game. They were a fantastic regular season team as their fans will mention and their detractors will mention at the exact same time. I'm totally going to say the same thing where the running game sucked last year. Now can it improve when both Tyron Smith is a free agent that center Tyler Biotish is a free mm -hmm. agent. Obviously you can move the other Smith over to left tackle if you want to, but he's been a magnificent guard. Um, Mike McCarthy to me was shockingly good as a play caller in terms of how effective Dak Prescott was in 20 plus yard throws down the field. I thought Brandon cooks actually got better as the season mm -hmm. went along. Maybe get a little bit more Jalen Tolbert now too, as you know, sure. you got a bit more playing time, but I don't know how this offense can improve right in the regular season. <laughs> yeah. It's just, Hey, don't have a bad day when it's the worst time to have a bad day in the playoffs is like the easiest thing to say about the yeah. South Cowboys team. It's also mission impossible for them. So <laughs> yeah, I, it's a very good team. Most of the players are back the offensive line. They might have to reshuffle there. I would guess that would be a spot that they would like to target in this draft, but that Jerry Jones quote. I don't know exactly what that means, but uh, I don't know if it's scary or intriguing. And on top of that, obviously, Michael Parsons is fantastic. They missed Trayvon Diggs down the stretch. I thought Stephon Gilmore kind of looked his age yep. and was getting picked on as the season went along. Okay, next up, Green Bay Packers. Pick 25, pick 41. That is in the Aaron Rodgers deal. Pick 58, pick 88, and pick 91, Hayden, for a team that is only $7.3 million over the cap right now. Packers fans still rejoicing that defensive coordinator Joe Barry has been fired. Uh, this is a team that we talked about all season long, loaded with young talent on the offensive side. It gave Matt LaFleur headaches headaches in the opening four or five weeks of the season and then was a blast to watch 
in the final eight games of the season. So what move must they make this offseason in order to make the Super Bowl next year? Well, they already finished fifth in passing EPA per drop back. They were second best in pass block win rate, and that was with inexperienced players everywhere. So to me, the offense is locked and loaded. Maybe you can add a, a couple additions, sure, but it's it's time to fix the defense. I'm not breaking any records with this statement. 23rd against the pass, 21st defending the run. They were a little bit better in pass rush win rate, but linebacker safety corner they have some names at those positions but they haven't like completely lived up to the hype obviously fixing the entire scheme will help there but i would not be surprised if it's a couple like a corner a safety and then a linebacker in the first three rounds of the draft yeah uh, this is always to me one of those defenses that the talent was so much better than like the sum of mm -hmm. all the pieces um which I'm sure was incredibly aggravating to every single Green Bay Packers fan. I will say for the defensive coordinator requests so far, they've brought in all these different types. They're not looking for like one specific scheme. So like they brought in Bobby Bad Badich, who uh, just was hired as the Bills defense coordinator, Zach Orr, the Ravens inside linebackers coach, Christian Parker, the Broncos defensive backs coach, and Denard Wilson, the Ravens secondary coach. So those are all coming from different schemes. And so I think that's an intriguing mindset where maybe Matt LaFleur is like, hey, look what I've done with the offense mm -hmm. and these pieces and getting them to be extremely effective. I just want a dude who's going to maximize the pieces that we have defensively because they have a lot of them. Yes. I mean, even Lucas Van Ness as a third pass Athlete. rusher out there can maybe blossom mm -hmm. into a real big player. It's taken us a while to even bring up the Jordan Love factor here. So good. Would you give him a new contract this offseason? Oh, hell yeah. I'm giving Jordan Love a contract. I think he's he's already a top 10 quarterback in my eyes and probably will get better. Uh, LaFleur is one of the best play callers as well, and all those guys are going to continue to develop. Uh, so I, I think that's like a lock. I didn't want to bring that up because I think it's just like right. give him the Daniel Jones contract. If he signs that, sure. If you want to give him longer than that, I think hell yeah. Here's my real statement. Don't let that clip, crippling mistake happen in the worst possible moment. Um, because... To me, this offense is talented enough where if that mistake does not happen, then they have a chance to be contending for the NFC with how explosive they are and how great of a play caller LaFleur is. Now, is that just always going to be Jordan Love's game with the possibility of it being there? Probably. And if it doesn't, and if that is fixed, then you like legit have a top Dog. six, seven quarterback oh, yeah. out there. And even if that persists where you have that one or two or three throws that you want to take back, a la Brett Favre or whoever else you want to say, that's still totally fine because he's still going to win you a whole bunch of games. Yes. Uh, special teams, 31st in DVOA. Uh, they missed a kick last time I heard. <laughs> Tampa Bay Buccaneers are at pick 26, pick 57, pick 89. In a shocking result, they actually have $35.2 million in cap space, which was very different than the Tom Brady days when you know they were making Super Bowls and even winning them. Um, they just lost offense coordinator Dave Canales to be the Panthers head coach. So what must the Bucks do in order to be back in contention next year? This one is extremely difficult. I would say this team's like at a crossroads right here because not only are Baker and Mike Evans free agents and no blocks to return, even though that they want them, you're also losing your offensive coaching staff. And there are some aging players on defense. Levante David's a free agent, for example. Well, like Shaq, he's like 32 years old on the defensive line as well. So 
I don't know. I think what I wrote down here is just let Baker Mayfield test the market. Like really see, wow. really see if a team is really so not overpay for Baker Mayfield is what you're saying. Right. Like don't just slap him with the Geno Smith or Jared Goff contracts immediately. Go see if another team's even willing to do that. Cause you might be able to get Baker on a 15, $20 million contract. That's a little bit less. And maybe at that point I would be interested in a perfect world. Baker Mayfield and Mike Evans would be a package deal. If you lose both of them, go back into the rebuilding mode, but I wouldn't just like immediately just slap $35 million to Baker Mayfield. I would at least see if another team's willing to do that. Cause as a reminder, when he was cut last year, he went over to the Rams. Nobody really wanted him. Nobody wanted him this off season. Obviously he played well. He's deserved of a bigger contract than what he just got, but it seemed like the league was like more or less willing to part ways with them. So I would just test the market and then match the best deal. If you have no other answers. Have you ever been on vacation? After a long day of activities or sightseeing, you have a night in room service, bathrobes, and television or movies. And when you're in a foreign country, you scroll Netflix or Hulu or whatever streaming service you have, and you realize that the library of content there is so much larger than it is in the United States. You start a new show, a new series, and when you get back home, you realize you now have to find that on a different service or pay for it in a different way. That is where Surfshark comes in. It's a VPN service that lets you virtually travel the world with a tap of a finger. You can go to Spain, Canada, Costa Rica to watch the content available in those countries. So you can try Surfshark today, totally risk-free with a 30-day money-back guarantee. And get Surfshark VPN at surfshark.deals slash underdog or enter promo code underdog for three extra months for free. You heard me right. Three extra months for free. That is surfshark.deals slash underdog. Baker's in such a tough spot. I I believe this is something like his seventh new offensive coordinator he's going to have his NFL career, if not his eighth. And it stinks because we just saw the best Baker Mayfield since maybe his rookie or second year. And that was attached, obviously, to Kevin Stefanski. And so he finally played with confidence. This team played with a ton of confidence. They had their core principles. They had their answers to what the defense was showing them. And I think it's going to be even difficult. And look, maybe fans will get upset with me for saying this. I think it's going to be difficult to even play at the same offensive level that they did last year. Because he was remarkably good for Baker Mayfield against pressure. And on third downs than he has been in his other career in other seasons of his career. So can that magic happen twice is the thing, especially now if, you know, you can't bring back Mike Evans and maybe you do, maybe you pay him the most money. I will add this offensive line is going to be intact and that is massive. They were healthy basically from start to finish this past season. Once Ryan Jensen was not going to play center and they all get to come back next year. So while you have to change play callers and also your wide receivers coach, um, that is massive because we haven't really found anyone that mm-hmm. allowed Baker to feel comfortable. And he's a streaky player who plays with confidence. And somehow you have to untap that once again. They're also going to have to just probably regress with their injury luck. They were number one in injury yes. luck this year. That's tough to replicate. So. They're in a tough spot because like, I think you can run this thing back and be competitive in the NFC. Could you have a season better than what they just had? I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Next, Houston Texans. Uh, they actually pick at number 23, then 59, then pick 86. 
despite all that, they still have $54 million in effective cap space to wheel and deal this offseason. As of right now, it looks like they are keeping offensive coordinator Bobby Slowick, unless he gets another interview with the Washington Commanders. That is lining up for them to potentially win the offseason, all those assets combined. They have all the money in the draft capital at their disposal right now, and they have the most expensive positions already on the roster. So they're going to just going to clean up in free agency, all these secondary positions. They'll be able to grab those type of players. What they need to do is they just need to fix the short yardage rushing, just the rushing just in general. They were 29th in short yardage rush success rate. They were 26th in rushing EPA allowed. You can do that in a couple of different ways now. So we have, Titus Howard, he only played seven games. Juice Scruggs, that was a second-round pick from last year's class. He only played nine games. Their 22 first-round pick, Kenyon Green, he didn't play a single game on the offensive line. They can run those guys back. They can add some more depth to the position. And maybe on top of it, because you have all the money in the world, Derrick Henry, Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, this is one of the teams where I think that you can kind of splurge in the free agency market because they have so much damn cap space. So this should be a very fun offseason. This would be a team where... Uh, If you could just look at free agency, look at the best players at each position, a lot of them will want to go play for C.J. Stroud. The fact that they have both wide receiver spots, their edge rusher, their starting corner, Mm -hmm. and their true left tackle to go along with quarterback, all under contract is rare to find. Mm -hmm. And so many of them are on rookie deals. Um, I hate, I hate nerds sometimes. And there is this narrative out there right now that Bobby Slowick held back CJ Stroud this season, like because he likes to run the football a bit too often on first and second downs. To me, that is ridiculous because when you go and watch what Bobby Slowick is able to do in creating uh, downfield opportunities for CJ Stroud over the middle of the field, as well as have a pass protection plan over and over again, that to me, should overshadow some tendencies that aren't perfect for people out there of liking and to run the football on first and second down. So I'm not here to tell you that Bobby Sloak is going to change or should change. In fact, what they should probably do is what you said. Just get the running game right because the offensive coordinator wants to tilt all you nerds out there. And so why not just be more efficient and more effective at it? I think that is the more likely outcome that's going to be from this offseason. Draft interior lineman uh, may find a right tackle for the future and sign Derrick Henry. I'll, yeah, I'll be happy with that. And bring Jonathan Grenard back because he yeah, sure. and Will Anderson are just a fantastic edge duo. I think free agents will want to go play for D'Amico Ryan. Just going back to the 49ers, defensive linemen and just front seven players in general, they make a ton more money once they leave the 49ers because they groom them so much. I think that D'Amico Ryan was a huge part of that. Buffalo Bills at pick number 28. They also have pick number 60 right now. They're about $53.8 million mm-hmm. over the cap in effective space. Uh, Joe Brady was just hired as this team's full-time offensive coordinator. You have to make some moves. This was kind of an all-in season for them. So what are they going to have to do in order to make the Super Bowl next year? The big difference is they need to find speed at wide receiver. I think Steph Diggs is probably going to be good next year, but you have to admit it was at least a concerning end for a player approaching the age cliff this last season. Gabe Davis, he's a free agent. I think he's a little bit of a system of what Josh Allen does in the broken play department. 
I'm not sure if the Bills will be able to afford someone like Gabe Davis. They obviously have the underneath pass game figured out with James Cook. They have two different uh, tight ends. They have Khalil Shakir, who I thought was pretty good. They just need some deep speed, man. They were they had the third highest A dot in the NFL, but they were 17th in big play pass rate. They only had a 4% explosive pass rate when they got eliminated by the Chiefs. Find a Brian Thomas, a Troy Franklin, Xavier Worthy. These are all players with speed in the draft. This is the time to address the deep downfield playmakers because we haven't seen those type of plays for a little bit, and that's a shame because Josh Allen arguably has the best uh, deep arm talent in the NFL. I would say that they might even even tried to do that last year with bringing in Deontay Hardy, um, who can catch a short pass and run after the catch, can also run vertical routes, and then he was very infrequently used. Maybe they didn't feel comfortable with him being like a legit wide receiver yeah. on the team. So it's it's weird. Like looking at their roster construction at this moment, like in order to create this cap space, they basically have to give new contracts to players that will then give them even less cap space in future years. Like right. it's one of those teams where, again, I do not know enough about the salary cap to figure out how they get on top of it. And without just like locking themselves in to certain players who are aging at the moment. So look, anytime you have Josh Allen at quarterback, you have a chance of winning the Super Bowl. They obviously got significantly injured on the defensive side of the ball. The easy answer here might just be have better injury luck on, on mm -hmm. that side of the ball because Josh put so much on his shoulders on the offensive side that I don't think it has to be a perfect scenario and he can still, you know, make chicken salad out of it. But once you then start losing the pieces and a failure of a deal, when it came to Von Miller, who was supposed to be your piece on third downs or in pure passing situations to get you off the field, like that one move to take you over the top and win the Super Bowl. And when that failed, then to me, this little moment that they had just wasn't going to work. Just for the wide receiver spot, do you let Gabe Davis yes. walk, no. assuming he's a 10 million or plus wide yeah. receiver? And then what type of wide receiver do you want to replace him? Like, do you want a size guy like Gabe Davis? Do you want a speed, like a real speedster? Uh, or somebody in between? It's a good question. I think that this team also needs to learn how to comfortably play in 12 personnel constantly because the 11 and a half personnel stuff mm -hmm. was not working towards the start of the year. And so maybe, yeah. you know, obviously Joe Brady being the full-time offensive coordinator, when they stopped making those mistakes, they stopped missing field goals and everything kind of ran a bit more pure in the second half of the season. But I mean, if you have Stefan Diggs, Khalil Shakir, and Don Kincaid, there are teams out there with worse pass game options than that. They all just kind of run over the middle like this. Yeah. That's why it's just like, give me somebody that runs four, four, three, eight, and let's let's. But see guess what, what? Every single team that we have talked about could use some downfield juice. Every there's, single one. Daniel Jeremiah, eleven wide receivers in his top fifty, so it's early, but there's enough out there to go around. <laughs> Detroit Lions, pick twenty nine, pick sixty one, pick seventy three in the T.J. Hawkinson deal, and pick ninety two. They also have $45 million in cap space, Hayden. Mm -hmm. And as you found out today, they get to keep offensive coordinator Ben Johnson. Before we do anything else, anything you want to say about the Ben Johnson front? Well, it was shocking news uh, just because he was assumingly like the number one head coaching candidate, if not number one, number two, or number three. And he just wants to stay because to me, the vibes are just really good. He's probably making a decent amount of money, but he just is very loyal, loves Dan Campbell. So 
right before the decision you think he gets wrong dan campbell said the best culture in the nfl and guess what you're rewarded with somebody like ben johnson to stay around i think he just needs the offensive line to remain really good players like jonah jackson keep investing with the offensive line because i think that that's what this offense wants it's what jared goff needs and i think that ben johnson a lot of his stuff he can really get that six offensive linemen out there do fun stuff with Penny Sewell. They can get the play action game going. They can manufacture some things because the offensive line is good. So instead of giving Jared Goff a ton of money in the future and stuff, I want to kind of take this as close as I can to two years out. And I want to be able to invest a lot of money in this offensive line. I don't want to be three years from now, Jared Goff's making $40 million a year. And all of a sudden I can't pay for the offensive line. I know that they're going to want to give Jared Goff a lot of money down the future. I just think that the offense is priority is up front and then everything else kind of falls in line. That's going to be tough because the Jared Goff stock stock has not been higher since uh, he obviously went to the Super Bowl. Um, They are in a different mindset to me now than they were last offseason where they could have easily given Jared Goff a new contract last offseason. And now they skirt around it and at the table and seem willing to do it this offseason, which is a very different mentality. To me, this is one of the teams where the quarterback and offensive line are connected and play caller on top of it in terms of effectiveness with the team. If one of those pieces goes down, then you're going to be far less effective the mm-hmm. next season. Now, are all those pieces coming back? Other than, you know, Jonah Jackson and Graham, Graham Glasgow, who technically you could bring back both. Yes. Um, that would be great. The move I want them to make is find one other player on defense that helps you get off the field on third down or when you got to have it. Like we saw opposing offenses have a pass protection plan for Aiden Hutchinson. And if he was taken out, there wasn't another piece that could step up. And there's plenty of issues on this Lions defense. If you want to talk about corner, if you want to talk about some linebacker play, run defense, defensive tackles, so on and so forth. But the best teams have a closer. Okay. And so maybe with all this cap space, could that be Chris Jones? Could that be Christian Wilkins? Theory Hayden, could they trade the number 29 overall pick for someone like Brian Burns potentially? Yeah. They need somebody aside from Aiden Hutchins. They they were near the very bottom of the league uh, in every passing metric out there. They they were able to stop the run, which is a miracle, uh, but they could not get off the field um, through the air. Yeah. So having that one other player, because we saw it with like Matt LaFour, for example, that would put two tight ends on Aiden Hutchinson and then boom, hit some explosive pass plays down the middle for you. Just quickly on Ben Johnson, we're going to get like probably 12 months of linking him to the Cowboys job, the Eagles job, heck, maybe even the post Andy Reid Chiefs job. And I, I totally get that. Um, I think there are times where we just like don't totally know what's going on inside these coaches' minds. And is he just waiting on the perfect situation? Maybe so. From an outsider's perspective, I would say from a resource standpoint, there aren't going to be maybe better jobs than what the Washington Commanders had this offseason in terms of draft picks uh, that you're going to get a quarterback and free agent money. Um, So maybe he is eyeing a job to go along with the contract stuff that Josina Anderson reported back in December that already has established franchise players in place rather than going through the rebuilding effort of it all. But it's a fascinating move because I don't remember a play caller coordinator that did this for multiple seasons when everyone just figured he was going to take the best available job each offseason. 
He probably just loves his life with, with Dan Campbell right now. And I'll get Weaves to throw it up here. Brad Holmes, my buddy, has been cooking in the last three drafts. I understand, again, tilts the nerds when it comes to positional value and you can't take this player in this round. Uh, I do think that when people know ball, they can cite and find players and talents better identify them than other people. And I think that that is an area in the market where Brad Holmes has been better than others. And so, sure, should you prioritize, you know, certain positions in certain rounds? You know what's better? A dude that can just identify football players and draft them at a really high level. And over the last three years, Brad Holmes has done that. Now, might this just be a heater, potentially? Could it be in his John Schneider, Legion of Boom era? Possibly. Or maybe Brad Holmes is also really good at his job. He has given us no reason to doubt him at this point, and I just want the nerds to tilt once again. You're on your bully ball right now. You're coming after all the nerds. You're giving out swirlies. Would you like a, a swirly or stuff him in the locker? What's shove your, what's him your in the locker. I mean, right. Brad Holmes is like the nicest dude ever, and I just want him to keep on cooking. Okay. Right. Pick 30, Baltimore Ravens. Pick also 62. Pick 93. Just $5 million in cap space right now. And because of Ben Johnson sticking with the Detroit Lions, uh, defense coordinator Mike McDonald has plenty of leverage at this moment. So what move must the Lamar Jackson-led Baltimore Ravens make in order to make the Super Bowl next year? It's time to go all the way in. I'm talking about trading for veterans, trading up for the players that you want, just because this, to me, is the win-now window. Right now, Lamar Jackson is going to be making $32 million next year. That goes up to $44 million against the cap, $75 million the year after. Then we're talking about veterans, Mark Andrews, Ronnie Stanley, Morgan Moses. Those are offensive players, probably one to two years on this offense with good play. You're going into the second year with Todd Monken, who's going to be back. You have second year, Zay Flowers. Lamar Jackson looked really good for most of the season winning the MVP. So could you get Mike at Mike Evans or uh, Mike Williams and backload the contract? Could you go all in trade up for a Brian Thomas? You need to go all in. This team is good enough to win the Super Bowl very clearly to me. And I don't want to kind of just like play this kind of halfway through to me. If there's a team that can should go all the way in right now, it's this team because you have the coordinators, you have Lamar Jackson, you have the surrounding pieces right now where I, I want to see what this team could look like all the way in next year. I'm a bit nervous if Mike McDonald doesn't return because also there are a ton of defensive free agents on the team, and you can't keep everyone, despite what you're saying. Like Patrick Queen, Justin Matabuike, John Simpson, Kevin Zeitler, Geno Stone, Jadavion Clowney, Calvin Noy, Gus Edwards, J.K. Dobbins, Arthur Millette, all free agents. And Voidier them. Get, them. get them all back. Voidier backload, all of them. Even if they are able to bring back some of those great defensive pieces. Mm -hmm. You know this. The top defenses just are not sticky year over year. Right. As much as the Ravens fans are going to hate us for saying that, it has happened constantly in previous years. They might start off that way, but injury luck hits, certain players uh, regress. It just isn't as effective, and that's going to be even more difficult if a mastermind like Mike McDonald on that side of the ball um, is not – it's not even calling plays, and that team is just not effective on that side. So, like, I'm so glad Todd Monken is returning. This offense was fantastic running the football, even though they chose not to do it in the playoffs. And they attacked more blades of grass offensively. I just think their identity is going to have to, like, shift a lot because there's a pretty big chance that they go from a top 
two defense to a top 10, mm-hmm. 13 defense. And that's a significant change in your win loss record. Let's say they drop to seventh overall, meet you kind of in the middle. I still think Lamar Jackson's offense could go on an absolute heater in the playoffs with a seventh rated offense. And there's still a chance that they're a number one or number two defense just because there are a lot of good players so this is like if you're going to take the the saints move and you're oh. going to backload contract stuff this would be the time to do it right now because this team is ready to win the super bowl uh they just ran into a chiefs team that a little bit better and chose not throwing the football okay speaking of let's go to the kansas city chiefs um right now we have them slotted for pick 31 63 and 94 the reason we're talking about them now is because they are the underdogs in the Super Bowl. Let's put it that way. They have $19 million in cap space this offseason. Hayden, what move must the Chiefs make uh, to make it back to the big game? Well, Legereus Sneed, one of my favorite players in the league, it sounds like he's going to be at least a franchise tag candidate. They're going to have a bigger decision on Chris Jones. He's going to be 30 years old. Of course, everybody is going to want Chris Jones. He's an absolute monster. You especially see that in the playoffs. We'll see if the Chiefs want to keep him around. This is the year where you got to draft a first round wide receiver. You know, like we, we can't do this again, man. Like there's a chance that Travis Kelsey retires. Yep. He's got the Ares tour to go on. Rasheed Rice is a very quality yards after the catch wide receiver. Is he more than that? We'll see. I think this is just kind of like the Bills. This team needs some downfield speed. There's players like Brian Thomas in the first round. Maybe it's Keon Coleman in the second round. Lad McConkey is somebody that has stuck out to me with my draft evaluations, but you can't just keep doing the Michael Hardman and Justin Watson and MVS thing. By the way, MVS is going to be cut this yes. year as well. So save $12 million. They get to save $12 million by cutting MVS. Let's just draft a first round wide receiver and see what happens. Yeah. I mean, they actually will have quite a bit of cap space because you can cut him. Charles, I mean, who just got injured, but they can figure out his deal and get some money back on top of it. Um, it's such a different team than they were three years ago that – they just don't make mistakes now. And it's so different than how they were to open the season. They were constantly making mistakes and not scoring in the second half of games. We'll see what happens in the Super Bowl. But I don't even know if they want to be that downfield aggressive more than two or three or four uh, times per game anymore. I'm sure they would love to have more explosive plays. And they actually still do have completions that go over 20 plus yards at a pretty de- decent rate. But I just wonder if they are in their ball control era, their Tom Brady era, even though obviously Brady towards the end of his career with Tampa Bay was one of the leaders in 20 plus yard passes down the field. I think it's just out of necessity. You want Mahomes hucking it. Uh, It is a chicken and the egg situation, right? That, okay, are they, did they make the Tyreek Hill trade because they're fine with doing it this way? Mm -hmm. Or are they doing it this way because they made the Tyreek Hill trade? I think there's some parallels between Tyreek Hill and letting him go at the end of his career and same thing with Chris Jones right here. So I think that's kind of something like, are they, do they want to spend their entire salary cap basically on Chris Jones or is he a player that ends up on the Texans because they have more cap space. So I think that's gonna be a huge, huge storyline out there because he's been like their most dominant player behind Mahomes and Kelsey for the last four or five years. I would even say trying to improve on Donovan Smith too, because obviously Jawan Taylor is going to stick as your right tackle, the most penalized player in the NFL. Donovan Smith is a free agent. Obviously the Creed Humphrey, Joe Tooney, Trey Smith combo is solid. Very, very solid. 
And anytime you have this level of an offensive line with Patrick Mahomes behind it, you always have a chance no matter what your skill position players mm-hmm. look like. Okay, we'll close it out with pick 32. Maybe that is the San Francisco 49ers. They also have pick 64, pick 95. They gave up their other compensatory selection for Chase Young. They are right now around $12 million over the cap. Uh, when you look at the 49ers, what moves do you see them making? Not many. All their best players are mostly back. So um, I think the one spot that they have struggled in at times is along the offensive line. For example, they were 20th in pass block win rate this year. Obviously, Shanahan's going to scheme around that. But Trent Williams is 36 years old going into next year. I don't think that you draft a left tackle, obviously, but just like that's like by far their best player. Everyone else is pretty mediocre. So I think if you are looking for what is the weak spot, um, I do think that offensive line is something that you could uh, work around, especially like given the the bad luck that they've had with quarterback injuries, like worst case, just slap another offensive lineman up front. Yeah, I mean, they are loaded on offense outside of that offensive line. And it's interesting. Trip Williams is so good. And the rest of the pieces can lose on an individual basis where to me, their pass block win rate stuff kind of gets wonky where you have an alpha elite talent and then you just have like other pieces. Now they have had other pieces along that offensive line that they've just like chosen not to pay yeah. that then have gone on to other places. Mike mm-hmm. McGlinchey is an example. Lake and Tomlins is an example. Keep going on and on, but they just like find these other guys to fit in the system and coach them up. Like Jake Brindle, for example, was a dude who found his way onto the list of the best 20 yard short shuttle times went undrafted, barely played for like his first eight seasons in the NFL. And now he's been there starting center the last two years. Obviously John Feliciano has played for about half the league at mm-hmm. this point, And he's playing significant snaps for them right now. So yeah, if you can lock down that, especially I think that guard center guard combo yeah. where if Brock Purdy gets his toes stepped on, he's a bit less ineffective than right. he is in other situations. Mm-hmm. That's probably that, situation that area that could use the most help yep they're running back all their key players are are back so okay that does it for this in about 53 minutes uh actually on wednesday tomorrow uh hayden i will do a condensed preview of the super bowl everything you need to know about super bowl 58 in 10 minutes uh and then next week a much longer preview on top of it. We wanted to get some of our thoughts out there already about the matchup between these two teams. And we've already done this with the 16 teams or the 18 teams, I should say, that did not make the playoffs. So go and watch that. Uh, This is still a wild offseason, Hayden. There's still so much happening in terms of the combine, then for agency, then the NFL draft, and still coaching carousels in the works that it feels like we do these shows, yet uh, these teams are still very much incomplete pictures. Yeah, look, our last like four or five episodes are kind of, they'll be relevant for the next couple months because like the free agency one on top of that. And then also we're sick out here. It's it's January. We have 2024 drafts on Underdog Fantasy. So if you want to get out there, 20 round drafts, uh, $3 to enter or $10 to enter, $2 million in prizes already. So if you want to go fire up, Uh, some of these free agents or rookies on stuff. Underdog Fantasy, we have your back. All right. That does it. For Producer Weaves, for Hayden, I'm Josh. Up the Villa. We'll talk to you all soon. See you.